Savvy, Booked, and Blessed, a podcast for bold female leaders making bold moves. I'm your host, Devin A. Thaxton, founder and CEO of Pro Savvy Strategic Performance Agency. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed. Joining us for this episode is founder and executive director of Ellis House, Elise Jenkins. After becoming pregnant at the age of 21, Elise believed that young collegiate women who were entering motherhood at a young age deserved to have a place free of judgment and criticism and to find community. Ellis House was started after Elise graduated with her bachelor's degree from Auburn University. She started Ellis House to empower women to become successful students and parents on campus by connecting peers in similar circumstances, providing physical and mental health resources, and supporting women as they pursue their degrees in Middle Tennessee. Elisa's mission with the work of Ellis House is to offer holistic help to balance education, health, and family through semesters and trimesters. Hello. Hi, Elise. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Yes, welcome, welcome. So I am super interested in this topic for a couple different reasons. One, I am not a parent, but I do come from a long line of women who had children super young. Really, a lot of them, all of my, pretty much all of my aunts, my mother, grandmother back, all having children before 20, 21, even, you know, 16, 15 And so not being able to even go to college, let alone the struggles that happened along with that. And so first, I just want to say that it's awesome and amazing that your company exists because it freaking matters. But tell us a little bit more about your journey and starting Ella's House. Absolutely. So like you said, I found out that I was pregnant at 21, my senior going into my final semester of college at Auburn. And was very unexpected. I had been told from childhood that I wouldn't be able to have biological kids. So Mm. getting that news was shocking to me in more ways than one. But, you know, I had a lot of support from my family, from my friends, and from my now husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, was able to go through and complete college. However, after graduating, I realized that that's not the case for every woman. Not everybody has that support. Not everybody gets pregnant, you know, their last semester, how convenient for me. So really creating a space here in Nashville where women can have support, can find community, and not that we provide a manual for how to do it, but can help navigate some of the pitfalls that can happen when women are trying to achieve their education and they're pregnant or parenting. So just helping them navigate that. We have a ton of colleges. We have over 20 colleges and universities in the Nashville area. And so it was shocking to me that nothing existed to help women who find themselves in this situation. Very interesting. What type of resources do you guys provide? Absolutely. So the biggest piece that we provide, I would say, is housing. Not everyone needs that piece, but it's really important for the women who don't feel comfortable in their dorms, who don't have the financial resources they once did to have a place where they can come and live in a safe space. We have a resident director who lives in-house with them and we have family dinners and just a lot of things to help create community there. We also provide community building things. So we have two events a month and then these family dinners that women can come to and just meet other friends who are doing the same thing as them. 
there is not a lot of resources here in Nashville connecting pregnant and parenting women. So to find other friends who are in the same life stage as you, I think can be really encouraging. And then the final piece, which I think might be the most important piece, is we provide mental health and wellness resources. So we provide counseling to all the women who stay in our house. And then we also are able to connect women with resources in the Nashville area, different nonprofits that can help them, whether that be with scholarship assistance, whether that be with connecting them with an OB or a pelvic health specialist, just kind of utilizing the nonprofits that are already here in Nashville to help really holistically support these women. Yeah. Amazing. When you, my face is a little shocked because I'm always curious how people start their businesses and and build community and reach out to these people and these people to help, whether it's nonprofit or, or for-profit businesses and the amount of work even just calling to like have partnerships, affiliates or or whatever is so freaking much. So tell me a little bit about like anyone who's listening, who's like, yes, I have this idea of just like how to help X community and I don't know where to start. So take us back to when you were like, this is, I've been called to do this work and I'm starting it today. Absolutely. So I am very lucky. My business partner, our director of operations is also my mom, Susan. She's fantastic. She has a really extensive background in the nonprofit space. So I think that gave me a lot of courage that at least one of us knew what we were doing. I did not. But I think that, like you said, it is a lot of calling. We started this in the middle of COVID. So it was a lot of Zoom calls. It was a lot of just emailing people, reaching out, saying, this is what we want to do. Reaching out to other places around the country that do similar things. There's no model quite like Ella's house, but we kind of were able to say, we love this about this place. Let's reach out and find out how they did it or how they got started or how they reached college students in their area. So I think, you know, people are willing to help if you ask. And that's been really lovely just to be able to meet with people and gain the wisdom and knowledge that they've garnered from years in the space. Yeah, that is really interesting and so important. I feel like, or and maybe it's a me thing, <laughs> but I think sometimes we start businesses or have this idea that we want to keep close to the chest that we don't necessarily maybe want to tell people or feel inferior or, you know, just maybe don't want to bother people. I think there's like just different, you know, adjectives for that. But I love hearing that you just picked up the phone and called or sent a simple email. Yes. And I hate talking on the phone, but I was like, this is important. We're going to do it. Yeah. Right. And being able to talk to people and that people were open and some people may not be open and that's totally okay. You know, that's maybe their brainchild and they don't want to share secrets or something. I don't know. I would think it would be a little bit different in the nonprofit space than, you know, corporate or for-profit situations because more people to help our people is better, you know, than not at all. So I think that's great that you spent some time just making the the call and encouraging people to just make the call (laughs) and seeing who can help and who's, who's available. So what led from, I guess, tell us like your first resources, I guess, and like how it transformed to like what it is now. Our first step, I think, was reaching out to the colleges and letting them know that we were a resource, that we were here. If they heard of anyone, if they found out that we would love to be considered, you know, on their list of resources they hand out. So that was a lot of meetings. There's a lot of colleges here. And we tried to meet with, you know, 
various different parts of the college, whether it be the Title IX coordinator or the counseling services or the medical services. We tried to meet with all of them so that no matter where someone went when they found out they were pregnant or where a parenting student went to find resources, that our name would be top of mind. And then as we realized that we kind of, the colleges knew about us, our next step really was trying to find out how to reach the college students because our business doesn't work if our clients don't know about us. Sure. <laughs> so that honestly, I think has been one of the trickiest things is mm. this age group, just the way that they search for things is so different than I think what businesses are used to, you know, a Google ad might not cut it. You know, you might need a full TikTok. Yeah. to really reach this age group. So kind of strategically using our dollars to reach this audience as opposed to people my age or my mom's age was a pivot we had to make. Sure. No, that completely makes sense. When I do marketing and such for businesses, there was one business I worked with a long time ago or a while ago that was high school students. So similarly, I mean, there's even more regulations for under 18 and advertising and marketing to under 18, but it's a whole different ballgame. There's a lot of principles, you know, that may be considered, but you're totally right. The way people are absorbing information and finding community and all of that has to be different. So you guys are popping on TikTok. Is that where you found a little connection? You know, we are working on our TikTok game. I would say it's a work in process. When we started this, I was like, I'm never going to be on TikTok. And we've come to the realization in the past couple months that we absolutely need to be on TikTok. And I'm, you know, eating my own words. So (laughs) that's been exciting. (laughs) It's uh, so hard to win it because video content, it just is king right now or queen, (laughs) even better, you know, and being able to show up and show up in videos and something that's short and concise, but also entertaining and the background and the lighting, not to make it all perfect and to stress people out, but it matters than, you know, some, a 20, a young 20 something or 18, 19 sitting and reading a whole article or seeing a flyer at King Supers or something like that, or a grocery store or something, or at their local church or things, information is just absorbed so differently. It really is. And You know, in retrospect, I wish that I had taken like a media marketing class or honestly, even like a business class in college. Sure. But, you know, YouTube is amazing and Google is amazing. And I'm just trying to learn as much as I can from people who know things and from the internet. Yeah. I call it YouTube University and I have a PhD. Could be a professor at this point because you're, I mean, and things are changing and shifting so much and new platforms are showing up and new ways of doing this and that. And then also, I think sometimes considering where not only how you're marketing to your customers, but also for you guys, like marketing to your business partners as well who come in and that may be completely different space from TikTok and maybe it's LinkedIn or maybe it's, you know, more email. It is, which is so interesting, kind of straddling the line of we've got these, you know, universities and these donors that are bigger corporations. And then we've got 18 and 20 year olds who are also trying to reach. So yeah. 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 What would you say is maybe one of the, I don't know, one of the biggest challenges that you've come across in starting Ella's house? I would say besides working out our marketing and really reaching our target audience, 
one of the biggest struggles I think that I've run into personally is clarifying people's assumptions about what we are or what they think they are versus what we actually are. This is like a really new concept for Nashville and it obviously and unfortunately can be a really hot topic. So just trying to make sure that people understand what we are, where our heart is in this has been both challenging and really important to me. Sure. Can you explain that just, I guess, a little deeper if you feel comfortable of like, what's the confusion, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we have people who assume that we are a religious nonprofit who we have other people who maybe assume that we are super anti-abortion and that's also not what we are. We have people who assume that we are on the other side of things, you know, against religion or against religious nonprofits, which is not true. That's just not what we are. So kind of clarifying what we are in this space and why we're here and what's important to us, which is really just comes back to supporting these women whose goal is to do both. We're not here to make choices for women. We're not here to sway them in their decision. We're here to support them when they want to do both. Sure. And when you've come up, because I think we can all anyone listening or even myself of just like how we create our messaging and constantly change, maybe not constantly, but oftentimes changing it because you get that one question. You're like, man, how did they get that out of whatever I put out, you know, shift and change it. So like what have maybe some of those shifts or how have you handled some of that? Has it been like just answering the question or creating like an FAQ sheet or what we're not video. I don't know. I'm making up stuff, but like, yeah, Absolutely. That? So we do have an FAQ section with yeah. some of those questions in it. Also, I think just clarifying when we talk to people, this is our mission and what's important to us. And this is what's not a part of our mission and what's not relevant for us as a nonprofit. Not that it's not important, yeah. but it's just not our space to be in. Sure. So a little bit of both. I think we've tried to do kind of a two-pronged approach. You know, honestly, I think if things if things continue to be in question, I don't think a video saying this is what we're not is necessarily a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's in a funny, cheeky way, you know, that would be less, I don't know, dramatic. <laughs> Cause sometimes yeah. I feel like especially and I could that would make sense that a business like yours could get politicized, I guess, for lack of a better word, when you're just like, we're just trying to help these women survive. Okay. Like it's not absolutely crazy either way, but that's also like hoping that people read the FAQ because some, you know, they don't always read that. And so like, still answering those, those questions as you go through, what are some success stories or just like personal stories that really still stick with you from women who have come through Ella's house? Yeah, I think our first resident is really special to me. They're all special, but I think our first resident, just how brave she was to step into a new nonprofit to say, like, I believe in this enough to live here. She was so gracious in letting us sort out our hurdles with just kind of the logistics of how things work. And I'm so, so grateful that she was our first resident because she was so gracious, is so strong, 
and she's going to be a fantastic mom. I'm really, really excited for her baby to be here. Yeah. Fabulous. As you are thinking of the future of Ella's house, I know you guys are mostly in the Nashville area or middle Tennessee area. Do you have plans to expand into other college? I mean, there's so many. Yeah, I think looking five years down the road, I would love, love, love to be in Knoxville. The University of Tennessee is there as well as the community college Pellissippi. And that is the biggest school in Tennessee. Sure. So I think that would be absolutely wonderful to have an Ella's house there. However, if that doesn't work out for us, my dream would be that someone is there doing something similar and that we can help them get set up. We can tell them, hey, this is what worked for us. This is what didn't. I always want to be willing to share what we've learned because so many were willing to share what they learned with us. So I want to be able to give the same thing back. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us a little bit more about the kind of structure of your business and maybe how that shifted over the years since you've started people on your team or outsourcing things, or was it just, is it you and mom out here killing it or have you guys <laughs> expanded to different things or like, what have you found is most important of adding to your team? Yeah, I think, you know, it started out as just me and my mom, which yeah. is so fun. If you asked me in high school, if we would work together, I would have said, absolutely never. <laughs> we are having the best time. You know, we, have our launch board, which has been amazing. They will be on for another full year and then we'll get our full formal board, which is exciting. We have our resident director who we're thrilled. We adore her. She is getting doula certified in October, which has been really awesome for us. That She also brings not only just a loving, welcoming face to the house, but she has a lot of knowledge to offer these women regarding the childbirth portion of things. Sure. We have been lucky enough to outsource our PR and marketing, social media marketing to a firm just because we had so much on our plates that we wanted to make sure that that important piece was well taken care of. Yeah. We also were lucky enough just to bring on a director of community engagement and she works with our college ambassador program to help spread the word on college campuses and has really built out that program. She started as a volunteer and now is an actual employee with business cards. So (laughs) that piece has been really important and she's taken a ton off our plates, which is so great for my mental health. And I can't speak for my mom, but I can imagine it takes a lot off her plate as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just really always interesting of where you decide as a business owner, we need help and no one's trying to do this by themselves. And if you're listening and you are trying to do this by yourself, I would highly encourage you not to because it's freaking exhausting, rewarding and such, but also it's just like sticky and messy and exhausting. But it's always interesting to find like where you split your time and your, your dollars and deciding like, you know, you could be doing the social media and the marketing yourself, but making the decision to be like, no, let's pass that on to someone else or whatever else, you know, within your business is always really interesting. What's maybe something else that you want to bring on in the next three or five years to your team? You know, we outsource our counseling right now. And I think that's amazing. We have lovely, amazing counselors. I would love to maybe bring on a counselor or have a couple options more on contract than they are right now. I think it's important for women to have 
authority and who they go to for counseling to be stuck with a counselor and just to say like, here's who you're going to seems not respectful in my opinion. So we give them choices. I would love to have those choices be more on contract than they are. Sure. I think I would love to contract out more of our special event and fundraising. My mom is fantastic at that, but it's a lot on her plate to do all our donor stuff, all our handle, all our volunteer coordination. Yeah. And on top of that handle planning our special event. So if I could take one of those things off her plate, I think I definitely would just for her sake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, donor relations and fundraising and all of that (laughs) is a lot. It can be for sure a lot. So that would totally make sense. If anyone is listening, wants to know more about Ella's house or is in that area or knows someone who would love that information, where can they find you guys? Yes, we are online at www.ellishouse.org. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram soon to be TikTok at <laughs> Ellis House Org. So my personal cell phone numbers on all those and my emails on all of those platforms. So people feel more than free to reach out to me and whether they're interested in just getting involved in helping out or they know someone who might need more support. I would love, love, love to hear from people. Awesome. Well, thank you, Elise, for being on the show. So great having you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thanks for everyone listening. We will catch you guys on the next one. Thank you for listening to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed. If you are a successful six to seven figure female entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.prosavvyas.com dash podcast slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot on your phone and text it to your friend or post it on the socials. If you know of someone that would be a great guest, go ahead and tag them in social media and let them know about the show and include hashtag Savvy, Book, and Blessed. I love seeing your posts and I love your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss out on any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Give your thumbs up ratings and reviews. They definitely go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me and my team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.